When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, hey, we put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Consequence of Sound, and would love to keep you up to date on all of those, so why not subscribe? Before we even get started, go ahead and get that out of the way. Uh, obviously, wherever you get your favorite podcast from, you can t- subscribe to us on there, whether that be iTunes and Apple Podcasts, whether you're listening on Spotify or checking us out on YouTube. Uh, hit that, and then everybody's happy. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, my guest is Corin Tucker. You know Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney. You know Corin Tucker of Filthy Friends. Maybe you know Corin Tucker of the Corin Tucker Band or some of her mini side projects she's had along the years. She's one of my favorite people to talk to. I always feel so honored to get to catch up with her, and there is plenty to talk to her about, especially for what's happening this year. Filthy Friends, this is the, uh, the band that she shares with Peter Buck of REM and Scott McCoy. They've got a new record coming out called Emerald Valley. She says, yes, it's an angrier record than their first one. There's lots of things to kind of take aim at. And she does it in a really great way, too, kind of uh, taking her past growing up in the Northwest and the problems they faced back then and how they relate to today. And we're talking environments and politics and migration. 
And then we're also going to get an update on Slater Kinney. Of course, they sent a picture out earlier this year that featured uh, the three of them with Annie Clark of St. Vincent in the producer's chair. So we're going to find out what those sessions were like, what we can expect that album to sound like, and how in the world she's going to do all of that this year. We'll also throw the clocks back to 1999 just for a moment to talk about the Slater Kinney record Hot Rocks and find out, in fact, that it actually has a thread to the new music. It's Kyle Meredith with Corin Tucker. Hi, how's it going? I have so much to ask you because I feel like there's so much going on with you all right now. But uh, but let's start with uh, <laughs> with Filthy Friends and this new record, Emerald Valley. I was so excited to hear that the that the new record is 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 already coming and everything. And this sort of like this makes it real, right? It wasn't just a one off project. It, was there a point where it really started to feel like a band? Yeah, I mean, I think on the first record we had more fun and got more out of it as a project than we thought we would. And we were just sort of realizing our potential when it was like, okay, tour's over and, (laughs) you know, and so I feel like we were already kind of writing a bunch of songs and thinking about like, okay, well, what will we do for the next record? So this record, I mean, it actually has taken us several years to kind of chip away at. And uh, yeah, I'm so happy with how it turned out. If you knew that it was going to happen, if you knew that there was definitely going to be a second record right away, when did the session start and, 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 and what were they like? We rehearsed, you know, a few times here and there um, and had like some material ideas. I mean, Peter and I, you know, we kind of get together in Portland and write and try out different songs. And, you know, he had some really cool ideas along with this long, weird kind of Zeppelin-y thing that turned out to be Emerald Valley. And I just started really thinking about that song and what we could do with it. And and that kind of was like the germ of, of what was happening. And so we worked on that. And then we didn't really go into the studio until like last summer we went into the studio here in Portland and then and we really kind of did it in a traditional style where we you know we did all the basics and all the vocals I think yeah maybe within like 10 days you ever wonder how Peter Buck keeps up with all of the songs because I mean he's what like five or six bands at this point right (laughs) I know He's he's like a machine. I mean, the man is he's always got like four new songs. He's like, oh, I want to show you this. And I have this idea, you know, like he just has one of those brains that's always kind of going and he's always playing guitar and thinking of things. And so it's amazing how many how many riffs must be in that man's head to keep up with it at any certain point, you know, to call out for sure. Oh, so I don't know if, you know, I'm taking a lot, uh, too, from Last Chance County because coming from the other record, I mean, this was definitely, uh, you know, uh, the first record was definitely a heavy record in, in plenty of the parts. But I wonder, is this, would, would you define this as an angrier record than the first time around? I mean, there's a lot of reason for it to be, if so. Yeah, it's definitely angry and it's really sad, too. You know, I mean, I think the record is really about where we're at. And I mean that sort of specific to the region, the Willamette Valley that that we live in and just witnessing the effects of climate change kind of firsthand here. And because I've lived here since I was 12 years old in the Pacific Northwest. And so, you know, I really remember what it used to be like and how it's changed and, and how sad I am that, you know, we haven't done more to, you know, protect the environment and, you know, and the people that, that really serve us here, you know, which have long been, you know, migrant workers in this, in this area. A lot of people, you know, come up here from Mexico to, 
to pick the food and pick strawberries and, you know, other produce that we have here. And that's kind of the traditional way that our region has survived. And, um, you know, I really think that we should think about as a society, treat each other. I think that we need to be really, you know, much more thoughtful about immigrants and migrant workers and the people that are that come here and a lot of them stay and, and, and help create our economy. Yeah, it becomes very frustrating for me. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Kentucky. I'm in a, other than the Ohio River, I'm in a landlocked state. And, you know, wh- whereas the Internet's, the, the, um, the promise of the Internet was to make the world a smaller place. But, but it, you know, the, the, the Internet seems like a great failed experiment in plenty of ways. But in one of these, it, that's very frustrating to me because, uh, I mean, the environment is one of my biggest passions. And when you're not on the coast, you don't see it as much. And to have all of these people around me that just, you know, I'm, the word is deny. You know, they just completely mm-hmm. flat out ignore that it's ever happened. It's it's fucking scary is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's outrageous. And I think the thing is, is that we we're like living with the effects already. You know, like we were warned, like, oh, you know, the climate is going to change. Mm-hmm. Like, no, the climate has changed. Right. The climate has we ha- we are living on this like hotter, weirder planet. And we have to use that that as you know as a fuel as like a as a impetus to to make serious changes so you know we'll we'll bridge that into the actual songwriting here because you know to write topical is one thing and and you could go very direct but but i i I sort of sense that the trick that you're pulling here is you know to use that that poetry of of seeing the past and kind of bringing it into the present and and building it into more stories i guess is that right yeah yeah i definitely try to do you know try to like paint a picture you know and almost think of it as like a collection of short stories because i think that is really you know what people are drawn to in a song is what is the story of the song and so for me growing up here and having such a visceral experience of this region, I tried to to really paint a picture for people of, you know, what it was like to grow up here, what, you know, how beautiful it is here and how lucky I think we are to, to live in such a beautiful place. But show, I think there's definitely like a range of things going on. There's definitely, you know, songs about how concerned we are about the, you know, the change of what's happening as well. Yeah, because I, I think the quote that I've read of you talking about Last Chance County is, you know, a teenage girl riding the bus through a depressed northwest town in the 80s and the frustrations that you saw there. And I think that that last point of that line was, I feel like, you know, a really important part, as you're pointing out right here, is to not paint it in those rose-colored glass lens, you know, filter or whatever, but, but to say, yeah, it was bad then and it's only gotten worse, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that, you know, for... The lucky few who, you know, have like those super upper middle class jobs, conditions are, it is like this super great place to live and it has all these wonderful restaurants and like I'm talking about Portland. But I think that there are so many working class people that did not get that, you know, that situation and it was, you know, it has been really depressed and I don't think that um, for those people, they are making the kind of living Right. The kind of like, you know, sustained workable living to keep up with the the rise in in rent and the rise in in housing costs and everything else. It's just it can't be so like have and have not as it is right now. So going after these themes in this way, 
do you find that that influences the type of music that you put behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that we've tried to do, you know, it's definitely a rock record, and I think that we've really we've really embraced that. But I think that we do try and do some different moods with it. Like Last Chance County is really like this fun sort of punky song that really came at the end of recording, which is, it's really funny, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of really interesting moody songs like this song called Pipeline that really is just a total mood piece. It's very kind of dark and, and slow. And, and that is something that I love about Filthy Friends is that everyone is all in for a mood. You know, no one, no one breaks out. It's it, Everyone is there to serve the song. And so if I'm, you know, kind of doing this sort of darker poetry thing, everyone's completely all in. And it's, it really is fun to paint a picture that way. Jumping back in time a little bit too, because something like um, Cadillaca, it seemed like that gave you time away from the big issues at hand, kind of, kind of to, to be able to have fun and breathe a little bit. But now you have two fully operating bands, and I don't know. I get the sense that you, it's it's more opportunities to actually target those bigger issues than just one album at a time. Yeah, I mean, the times that we're living in uh, to me are pretty turbulent, and I just think that. Uh, I think this record, the Emerald Valley record, just it just really came out of that. And we all really wanted a way to express that. And and you know, I just I feel I feel the 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 opportunities I have. I mean, I'm I've been, you know, playing music for a long time, but you know, life is busy and I have kids and other work and stuff. And so the opportunity I feel like to do music with the caliber of the people in Filthy Friends, Scott McCoy, Linda Pittman is, is drumming now, and Kurt Block, you know, and Peter Buck. I mean, it's I just felt like, wow, this is a really special opportunity to to really stretch myself as a songwriter. And I'm just so proud of, of what we're able to do. And yeah, and we taught and we and getting there for me, I like writing all kinds of different songs, but for me there was some specific things some political things, some environmental things that I definitely wanted to tackle. So I'll go into um, uncharted territory a little bit here because I, I do want to ask a few things about Slater Kinney as well. In that you've announced that, you know, you had been working on a record and there is another record uh, on the way. Are you finding that it those themes are also finding their way onto that record as well? It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's yes, but it's, it's a, such a completely different record. It's a it's a really um, super psychic record. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? <laughs> it's very it's very much about it's a little more personal in a way. Like I think with Filthy Friends, um, you know, I'm I'm like writing stories and you know and and talking about growing up and stuff. But I think the Slater Kinney record, it's. It's it is it it does touch on some of the same themes, but the characters are even just way more personal and more even more upset. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, were, were you, so I mean, two records. This is a lot of writing for any artist to take on, and 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 obviously, you know, this is something that you want to do, and it sounds like you still love to do. Were you doing these at the same time, or was there still some separation in there? You know, it's funny because there was some writing. Yeah, there was some writing for both bands during a certain period of time where I was like, "Whoa, this is intense." But um, but yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it, and it's really been. Um, I really try and take what I can learn from each collaboration 
and use that experience to try something, you know, different or try try different things in each new song that we do. Like Peter, one thing about Peter that's great is that he really writes a pre-chorus for every single song. <laughs> he does. And I'm like, what is this part? And he's like, oh, it's a pre-chorus. pre-chorus. Nashville would call it the ramp up, you know? And I, and like I, Slater Kinney had never written a pre-chorus in our lives, you know? And, 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 but now I'm like, oh, let's try putting a pre-chorus in here, you know? And, and it's just, it's like, you know, just, just things like that, that, uh, that are like fun and, and interesting, just push me forward to, to keep trying new things. And of course, that, that bridges on to bringing in Annie Clark, you know, St. Vincent into the sessions as well, which I think the line that was put out there was, you all were looking to have some new tools brought in. And, and maybe that goes beyond what you're saying. Does that, uh, does that just what Annie brings in? Or was there more than that? She's amazing. She's just so great to work with. Wow. Yeah. She brings so much to the table. I'm just, I cannot even express how, like, so great she is to work with. I mean, the line I have on my paper, by the way, is all in one word. Holy cow, this is the coolest news of the last at least five years, maybe more. I mean, we'll see how it sounds, but I feel pretty confident <laughs> in that. Yeah. I mean, these are you all and, and, and her. I mean, these are two of my favorite artists, you know, of all time right here. So this is this is a fan's dream, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I I know this is early, but, you know, is there anything you can say about this record? Um, you know, I guess how it differs from the last one. I just it's like it's such it was such a dream to get to work with Annie. Um, and. You know, I think that she really pushed us to try new things as a band. I just, I think people are really going to be excited to hear it. It, it is different, and I'm thrilled with how it turned out. Is it going to be this year? I mean, are you putting out two records in 2019? <laughs> right? <laughs> that is a super good question. <laughs> like, what is going on with you? I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that, like, you know, I'm 46, and I'm like, oh wow, I've got to get, you know, got to get stuff done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be, you know, so involved now with Filthy Friends, and there is one leg of a tour date out there. Does that compromise what's going on there at all, or, or are you able to kind of still put it all in on both of them? Oh no, I actually, it's been it's been great. I mean, I think that. Um, you know, that's one of the benefits of, of doing this for a while is that everyone has learned how to plan. <laughs> right. After many records, you know, you plan things out and yeah, it's actually going great. Uh, I'll end here. Hot Rocks just celebrated uh, its uh, its 20th anniversary. It, it all tied together for me in, in, you know, with the song God is a Number. Once we started, really started getting that because a lot of the things you're talking about it, peripherally, I think. You know, in that song, growing up on the internet, getting up on TV, which leads us possibly to the themes that's working on these two records right here. I don't. Do you see that thread at all? Am I am I am I stretching absolutely. here? No, you're absolutely so right on. I thought about that record kind of a lot this year. Definitely, I feel like we've t- we touched on it with the new Slater King record. Yeah, there's there's definitely moments where I was like, oh yeah, that you know, it touches on these these same thing themes of feeling that that kind of loss of 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 a real community and 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 in favor of our you know of our weird electronic isolating society 
you know, I think that's something that, that has some real, real downsides for where we're at, where we were at, and especially where we're at now. Yeah, that's for sure something that, that we touch on for Slater Kenny. It's interesting hearing that record now, too, a little aside here, because, you know, with no disrespect to the classic albums that come before that, I don't think I have to throw any extra praise there that hasn't already been. But, but Hot Rocks sort of sounds like the band that you become. Does that make sense? <laughs> like that's that's where you really start to get a sense of even how you you know sound these days. It it really to me it starts with that one. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we had we had all this success with Dig Me Out, and which was it kind of came naturally to us. And then it was like, now what? Like, who are you as artists? And you know, like it was like, well, looks like we'll have to reinvent ourselves. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's so true of just who we are. And I feel like we've, I feel like we've done that again in some ways with this new record. We just feel the need to push ourselves because otherwise it's just, you don't grow as an artist unless you, you ask more of yourself, I think. Well, I'm obviously, I love everything that you all do. Trivial question here to end. Uh, I heard Carrie's book, uh, the Modern Girl book, is going to be adapted for TV. Does that mean that someone's going to be playing you? And, and if so, do you have uh, knowledge or a wish of who plays <laughs> Corin Tucker on TV? <laughs> um, well, actually, you know, that I think it's kind of to be determined. Yeah, and it's not really my call. <laughs> But I'm sure, you know, I'm sure she will pick someone awesome, of course. It's going to be a weird, it's got to be a weird moment. I mean, I think that would be a weird moment anyway. Surreal, I guess, is really the word. (laughs) Surreal, yeah, for sure. And just being like, oh my God, what happened? I'm so old now. (laughs) Not at all, not at all. Especially with the the fury that you still pump out in this music. I love it so much. Um, And I always enjoy talking with you, too. Uh, Thank you, Corinne, for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. All right. We'll see you out there, uh, what it sounds like plenty this year. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks so much, Kyle. Take care. All right. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. My thanks always to Corinne Tucker for that call right there. Filthy Friends and the record Emerald Valley and eventually a Slater-Kinney record, hopefully later this year. Now, if you're not familiar with the band Filthy Friends, they also put out a record in 2017, their debut record, and I also got to talk with Corin back then about that as well. So a little bonus time here. It's part two of Kyle Meredith with Corin Tucker. Hi, how's it going? I'm well. How are you? Good. I think the uh, the most obvious place then, um, as we're talking about Filthy Friends, the uh, the newest supergroup on the block, um, <laughs> is uh, is the formation. I mean, that's that's where you start. What's the story of of this whole thing? How it came together, and and how you guys went from there to here well it started i think back in i want to say 2012 um peter buck was working on a solo album and he and scott mccoy reached out to me and asked to sing on a song on the album um and the song was nothing means nothing and i was like really excited because i was a huge fan of rem and peter's work and so that was you know, really fun. And then after we did that collaboration, Peter called me and said, well, we should make an album together. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> okay. You know, like totally shocked and really surprised. So that's basically how it started. And then getting in there and, and 
putting the rest of the band together? I mean, did was it Peter making the call? Because it makes most sense with with minus five and all of that. But uh, I mean, how did everybody else fall into place? Yeah, I mean, it was mostly um, you know other people that Peter had collaborated with, people that played on his solo album or that he'd worked with in REM or minus five. And you know, I mean, it's just such a funny thing to write music with someone that you don't know very well. You don't know how it's going to go and what their process is like or if you're going to feel comfortable with it at all. And I was surprised at how how comfortable I felt and how how at home I felt was like his kind of process. You know, some people are really like uptight or they have a certain way of they want to do things and he's he's totally the opposite. You know, like he's really open to all kinds of of all different avenues of songwriting, which I really enjoy. Is this the first time it was like this for you uh, in, in this scenario? Because as I look back, you know, your bands have always been your bands or, or the bands that, you know, you were had some leadership in and everything. And, and this is this the first time where you kind of fell in with a completely different group of people and had to find that groove, that uh, communication? Yes, for sure. You know, they have all worked together quite a lot, and I was the new kid on the block. That's really challenging. And I have to say, I was pretty quiet, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like just trying to figure everyone out for a while. But I did immediately feel, feel like all the doors were wide open. So I felt immediately comfortable saying like, no, 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 we need, you know, double the chorus or this needs to be shorter or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I immediately felt like my voice was really, um, was really heard by everyone. And you guys come out at first, as everyone said, oh, they're a, they're a Bowie tribute act. And then, (laughs) which I I guess now, uh, given this story, you guys knew what you were long before we did. So that was a nice little, uh, sidestep. I don't know. Take the pressure off. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just funny. Um, people really want to get a story on things or, or you know, they want a, like a complete idea of what the band is supposed to be. And it's this is really like we, we don't know what we are, you know. We just like writing music and we perform kind of when it works out, when it fits everyone's really busy schedule. You know, so we're we're ready for things to like transform and and yeah, maybe one night we will be a Bowie tribute band and another night we'll be a Prince tribute band or, you know, just whatever we need to be in the moment is is totally fine with everyone. How cool is that to have that kind of freedom w- with any act, you know, yeah. especially when, I mean, you, I think you could do that with any band that you're in, but everyone does have certain expectations when you step out there with Slater Kinney or, or I guess even the Gordon Tucker band, but but to have something where it really is just completely free-flowing from the very beginning, like how often you could surprise everybody with whatever. Yeah, that's something that is really special about, you know, finding people that are really open to collaborate with and, you know, aren't uptight about what's, you know, what's going to happen on stage. They're just ready for, you know, for what unfolds. Well, let's talk about a few of the songs that is out there that, that I've heard. Of course, the, the newest single, with any kind of crowd, um, which just stopped me as soon as I heard it. Like, it's you, and it's definitely you. And then I thought, and I don't think she's ever sounded like Chrissy Hine before, but there's something <laughs> almost pretenders uh, about this. And I don't, it's something the way you're about, you're phrasing it and the melody and the delivery. Uh, wow, that's an awesome compliment. <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm a huge fan, so that's awesome. It's in there. What's the story of that song, if there is a story? Um, I think that, you know, <laughs> I mean, Peter just comes up with these 
guitar riffs that just floor me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you played that for me, and I was like, whoa. But, like, I have to sort of play it cool a little bit and be like, okay, yeah, I'll come up with something. And sometimes it takes me a while to go away for a couple of days and think of, you know, what kind of is the setting for this song. And in my mind, like this party, you know, just like popped in my mind. And, you know, it was about like meeting someone at a party and and kind of like the very beginning of, of what might be a relationship, just that feeling of like, butterflies in your stomach and so I just I kind of go on on instinct and feeling and writing and and singing how I might have felt at that moment I guess so lyrically you sort of approach this the way you would always approach songwriting yeah it's interesting because it is always the same way I approach songwriting was which is I have to have some kind of idea and then I just build around it But I think that the guitar is so, to me, like, sometimes it's just really evocative, all this, you know, the kind of jangly string thing that Peter does, like, really those brings out a lot of emotions for me, because I've been a fan of it, you know, for most of my life. And so these like images kind of pop in my mind and and then I kind of write from there. You guys coming out as part of that 30 songs, 30 days series. That's, it's sort of a big statement now that we look at it as that was your debut or whatever you want to say, the, the official uncovering Uh, and given, you know, the climate of everything, can we expect more of that with what you guys are doing? I hope so. I mean, I think that that's that's the great thing I feel about collaborating with everyone in the band is that, like I, like I said, the doors are wide open. Everyone's really passionate, and there's there's not anything that would be like off limits. You know, I mean, certainly being the the singer and the the songwriter, you know, they know I'm really super outspoken, and they're totally cool with it. You know, if I see an email like, "Hey, there's a cause that I'm passionate about." and I want to donate a song to it, you know, everyone's like, cool, let's do it, you know? Or the, you know, the compilation that um, Janet and Sam put together that was a, a, you know, a benefit for the ACLU. You know, we went into the studio for one day and wrote a song for it, that um, Love in the Time of Resistance song. Um, And that was super fun because we, we spent a week wrote a song, recorded it, and got it on the compilation. Just to move that quickly. It is impressive, again, with everyone's schedules. Yes. Yeah, it, it really is. And that, But that is the thing that I really enjoy about this collaboration is there is that wealth of experience and just, the, you know, the, the, the stewardship of knowing what sounds good and what doesn't immediately. You know, so when it does come time to like, okay, let's write a song, let's do it in the studio, and you know, it just it just happened really quickly, which was super fun. Is the Roxy music cover is that just going to live as a B side, or do you see adding that to the bigger collection? I don't know. I think for now it's super cool as a B side. Mm. I mean, we were like, yeah, we need a B side for the seven inch. So. <laughs> I get the sense that you don't know exactly what's to come with Filthy Friends. I mean, is there a bigger plan that's already in play right now? Or, or are you guys still filling it out? I think we're still filling it out. I, you know, the songwriting stuff is really, you know, it feels like it's really going somewhere. So hopefully there's more music to come, you know, at the very least. I hope so, too. You've already yeah. got me baited. So now I'm, <laughs> now I'm a greedy fan. So keep it coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, with the rest of the stuff, I guess I wouldn't be doing my job without asking about your other groups with Slater, with uh, the Corn and Tucker Band. Is there any future plans this year with any of that? Um, right now, we're kind of in the writing phase. So 
you know, we're slowly kind of pulling some things together. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching and listening. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You too. All right. Take Take care. care. Bye. All right. Bye. To 2017 interview with Corin Tucker, talking about the uh, the debut Filthy Friends record. And how about one more? All the way back to 2010. I think this was the first time I ever talked with uh, with Corin Tucker. She had just put out a solo LP under the Corin Tucker Band, where we also talked about the term mom rock. This one's fun too. Part three: Kyle Meredith with Corin Tucker. The term mom disc seems to be thrown around a lot right now. Uh, I believe you may have even said it once yourself. Uh, is, that, is that bothersome that people are kind of pegging it as that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am totally to blame for that publicity nightmare. Yeah. I'm the one to blame. I don't know. I guess that uh, if I was my own publicist, I'd fire myself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, um, I think that I was trying to say that I, I, I was... You know, thinking this is a more mature record, and I think that it, I think it does reflect in some ways uh, being a little bit older. Maybe being a parent is part of this record, and um, you know, I just think that society has such a negative view of of a mom and you know, a woman getting older that, <clears throat> in a way that it kind of makes me feel rebellious. Like, screw you, I'm taking back mom rock for everyone. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you've ever had a problem um, bringing the rock anyway. I mean, uh, w- w- with your past and everything, it's definitely there. There, there are a few tracks on this disc, um, Doubt and even Riley to a point, um, you know, that really harken back to, to your older sound and what people might know you for the best. Did you go into the album thinking you, you wanted to write one of those songs or that you needed to write one of those songs? No, I mean, honestly, I think Doubt really came about by... Uh... Seth and Sarah and I kind of messing around in his basement studio, and um, and just kind of out of the joy of, of rocking out together. I mean, you know, really, um, I, I thought this was going to be a, 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 a very acoustic record in my mind. I had, like, a lot of really quiet, very simple songs, and when Seth and I started working together, Seth produced and arranged the whole album. Um, he had some very different ideas. <laughs> so um, some of the songs were brought fully into, you know, like a very sweeping ballad or, you know, like Half the World was, was taken from a, a really quiet ballad into this total English beat rock song. So we went a lot of different places with the songs and, and we just enjoyed it. Did you find it um, difficult to write this time? I mean, uh, I, I don't know exactly how you wrote while you were in Slater Kinney, um, but, you know, if it, was, if it was with the other two or if it, you usually brought it in, but did you find the writing differently this time around that it was, you know, for the most part... Uh, you know, your name and your face only this time? Well, yeah, I mean, I took my time, and, uh, you know, I just kind of uh, came back to the songs and until I felt that they were completed and they were finished pieces. Um, so I think that was, a, that was a little bit more different. But, I, you know, it's basically the same process. I mean, you come up with an idea, and then you work on it until you, you feel like it's a finished piece. So... Um, I don't think my songwriting process has changed that much, but I do, you know, I did um, finish the whole song this time with lyrics and, you know, introduction and everything. So. Uh, did, did you have this album in mind even as, uh, you know, Slater Kinney was calling it a day? Um, you know, I, I think everybody has a list in their mind of things they would like to do. And, <clears throat> you know, you don't always get the opportunity to do all of them, but I got the opportunity to, to, the, to do this. And... Um, so I, you know, I, I feel really fortunate that it all kind of came together. 
considering the the subtle changes in in the uh, you know in in the sound of this disc uh, at least. Do you have an idea of maybe where you want to take it from here in your career? I mean, uh, I, I hate to ask the yearbook question, but, you know, where do you see yourself as a songwriter in 10 years from now, if you do it all? You know, I mean, music industry is so tumultuous right now. It's, it's difficult to um, to plan, you know, a career path that would make sense. I don't know if it makes sense at all. I, I feel like, you know, like getting a hot dog cart on the street might make more sense right now. Like, <laughs> it's I don't know. You know, I love doing music. I, I absolutely love it, you know, and, and I think I'll continue to do it um, in form, you know, well, in good. the future. Well, um, and we certainly hope so. Uh, we're big fans of it down here in Louisville, and hopefully uh, eventually your tours will bring us back this way again. And uh, and yeah. thanks so much for for taking some time. It sounds like you're in a little bit uh, in a little bit of a busy spot up there. So yeah, it's it's definitely busy, but we definitely hope to come to Louisville again. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. All the way back in 2010, there with Corin. And again, thanks so much. Uh, looking really, really forward to the Filthy Friends record. Emerald Valley again is the title for that one. And if you haven't already, uh, please do hit that subscribe button before we get out of here. Again, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Acast, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series over there. Consequenceofsound.net. They've got all of your music and film news needs. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That's it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.